everybody, welcome back to the Christianese Podcast. This episode came about kind of through a work thing. I was looking for a speaker, and someone that is an author, and I found out that my old buddy Chad uh, authored a book, and so I reached out to him. While I'm talking with him, I discovered that he has got some really cool stuff that he's been doing, but it's not just with a work thing. He's actually applying the gospel, he's talking about God, and he's normal. And I thought, that's a guy that we should talk to on Christianese. So, today, welcome my old buddy, Chad Wallen, the founder of Advance Camp. We'll talk a little bit more about it. You ready? Let's roll. Well, the backyard. We're, we're doing this in the backyard. Luckily, it's not raining on us. I, well, that's why I chose the backyard. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right? Welcome to Oregon. Yep. we got to love this madness. I mean, it's awesome that it's so green, but uh, spray paint can turn it green too, though, so I don't know. Well, the, so my, my brother-in-law uh, lives down in Southern California, and they people do that. Yeah. Arizona yeah. does that, too. They paint their lawns. Do you guys do it in Texas? Oh, no. But you're, on, you're in a bunch of different states. I mean, you you guys, you and your family live in Texas. Yeah, we live in Texas, just southwest but of DFW. Beautimus. It's pretty awesome. In a little lake town. Oh, yeah. stop. I got bass fishing, striper fishing. Not mm. far from my house. That doesn't suck. No, it does not <laughs> suck. No. But then Tennessee, it's a different kind of hot. It yeah. is. It's a different kind of hot, but it's amazing. There's te- there's times in Tennessee, if you took your mind out of where you actually physically are at, there's yeah. a lot of times you'd be like, man, I'm driving through the hills of Oregon. Like it is, oh, yeah. it is that beautiful there. It's yeah. crazy. It's really big yeah. trees, green. Oh, yeah. Green depth. Well, and then the autumn time is insane out there with the colors that pop when you're driving through. The hills are just covered in oranges and the yellows mm-hmm. and the reds. Yep. It looks like you're driving through a painting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. There's um, last, not the last time I was there, but the time before, I was out just kind of doing some networking, kind of mm-hmm. getting my, my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And um, I text my wife and just said, She's like, hey, how are you doing? I said, I text back. I said, I'm just out getting lost. She's like, what? <laughs> I said, yep. I'm just literally, I'm driving around and hoping to get lost. And man, you drive out through some of those hills oh. out in Tennessee where I'm just south of Nashville. Yeah. And so I was south uh, west of Nashville driving around through the hills. And I'd come up over a, up over a little hill. I went called a mountain over this little hill and looking <laughs> out and all the color change and all the trees is just like, man, it is yep. incredible. It is insane. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the painting of God. It is. Kind of is yeah. actually. Yeah. So you're in multiple states because. Um, sorry, sorry, uh, Christianizers. Um, you don't know Chad, and I haven't introduced him. But this is my buddy Chad. You run what's called Advance Camp. I mean, go into it a little bit. Just kind of talk to people about sure. what what Advance Camp is. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about why. You yeah, do so it. I'll do the elevator pitch just yeah. to, for time time purposes. So if you go on our website, it just says that we mentor and teach tangible trade skills to fatherless young men between 6th and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and we teach trades and skills that we feel like a dad could have, would have, should have taught if he was still involved in their life, right. along with the love of Jesus. Yeah. So um, Jesus is the center of it. Um, literally in the center of it in the middle of the day during lunch we have a what i call a nugget out of the scripture that ties into whatever activity we're teaching Mm -hmm. um people go on our website and they'll say you guys do automotive how do you tie the bible into automotive it is very very possible there's multiple different ways to do it right um blacksmithing that's a super easy one they talk about blacksmithing all the way back to 
I believe all the way back to Genesis, they refer to blacksmithing, mm-hmm. the blacksmith um, yeah. working wood metals. And right. um, so we literally can bring in any topic and we share Jesus um, and uh, the gospel in, in all kinds of different realms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're uh, you brought up earlier four states. You kept saying four states. So we're in four states. It's uh, our national, what I call our national headquarters is in Granbury, Texas. Um, we have a location south of Portland in the Tualatin area. Mm-hmm. We have another one uh, just inland from Fort Lauderdale in South Florida, uh, which, by the way, is the uh, sports fishing capital of the world, I believe. So it's it doesn't suck to go down there you're, either. You're just trying to get me to come out. <laughs> Dude, you're welcome anytime you want, man. Uh, it's pretty rad. And then uh, we're also south of Nashville in a little place called Thompson Station. So it's just south of, like, Franklin, okay. Tennessee, right down I-65. And so we're in those four states right now. Um, y'all that are listening could be prayfully asking, uh, seeking wisdom. Um, we're looking at Las Vegas. Oh, wow. And then I just had a person reach out to me. This is the first time I've said it publicly. Me and my wife laughed about it the other day. I had somebody <laughs> reach out to me that is um, on the big island of Hawaii and oh, said, uh, Chad, wow. what you're doing with those young men, they are young men here in the big island need this so badly. Yeah. Um, and so there, man, she's like, I said, well, you got any church people to connect me with? Like, we really like to base it out of a church. We like to base it um, mm-hmm. out of that kind of environment. And uh, she goes, yep, I do. I have a couple of people I'm thinking of. I'll try to get you connected. Wow. So I may have to go to Hawaii and sacrifice for Jesus there oh, as well. Sacrifice for Jesus. Sacrifice for Jesus. Hey, there's a lot of rain that happens in Hilo. <laughs> <laughs> so I can relate to it. Yeah, exactly. Right it's like common ground for me. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that's just, you know, it's, um, people always ask me why, why our locations, why do we go where we go and mm-hmm. why do we do what we do? And, um, honestly there's, uh, Tennessee took us about two and a half years to launch and hmm. it was waiting on the Lord. Like literally, yeah. um, the saying I told the guy that invited me to Tennessee, I said, man, there's no direction, no open doors. Um, my wife and I just spent some time in Nashville. I said, I drove around that city. Not a single time the Lord say, here's where you're going to be next. Not a single time. Mm-hmm. I said, I- I'm not going anywhere until the Lord tells me to go. Yeah. And I, I said, nothing personal, dude. But like, because you tell me, oh, they need it so bad. And they do. Of sure. course they do. Of course they do. Um, I said, well, the problem is, is you take a, a map of the United States, you throw a dart at it, and they need what we do there. They yeah. have an abundance of fatherless. Right. Um, and so they need what we do there. And so um, I wait for doors to open, the Lord to say go. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes he's a little more blunt and sometimes he's a little more passive and saying, hey, go ahead and go start that conversation like you did with Tennessee. Just said All he told me is go start the conversation. And I did. And mm-hmm. doors blew open and yeah. resources came and funding came right. um, to, to initiate it, not funding to maintain it, but to initiate it. And, um, you know, just crazy, crazy stuff started happening. And I was like, I can't like I can't fight this like the Lord's opening too many doors yeah. to say that I'm not supposed to go there. So one of the things I, that I just kind of connected, maybe you guys have, you and Kelsey have talked about this, where, so you were talking about, you know, sacrificing and going to Hawaii. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that made me think of when, when Raylan and I went to uh, Israel, there's a place called Caesarea Martima. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. And yet that's where Jesus went. And he said, hey, I'm not doing too many miracles because of their lack of faith. Mm-hmm. And you never know, like one of those places where somebody says, oh, this is needed. This is great. Come on in. And it's not open because it's not fertile ground. It's yeah. not ready. Yep. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that was how Tennessee was. It wasn't ready for about two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, South Florida took us almost three years to get in South Florida, mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, it's. Trust me. What now that we're there, I'm like, this place is beautiful. Like, yeah. I love it here. Sure. And, um, but man, it took us. It took us two and a half, three years. COVID really hit the brakes on it. Um, we were in Broward yeah. County, and that's where like the highest population of mm-hmm. the elderly are, and so they're at the highest risk of COVID. And so every time the numbers went up, this county shut down, and this one literally wouldn't let us in. Like we couldn't get into the single moms ministry. We couldn't get into yeah. uh, resources. We couldn't meet with people. But he built a, a massive foundation through um, networking groups, through the chamber. Everybody was on Zoom. Oh, so yeah. I'm literally, I'm stepping into these chamber events. Like yeah. I'm in their backyard and I'm in Texas. I'm, uh-huh. I'm a four hour, three hour flight away. Right. And I'm right. sitting here talking to these guys. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm in their na- neighborhood, their community. Yeah. And so it built a massive foundation um, during COVID. It was a huge, yeah. huge blessing. But yeah. yeah, sweet. The concept of mentoring, mm-hmm. um, this is kind of where, where I started thinking about how valuable this conversation could be um, with, with what the podcast is about is, is there's, there's a lack of actual work that goes in. There's, there's a ton of Christians that will say like, I believe in Jesus. And they, they say the magic sinners, sinners prayer and, and then nothing. Yeah. You, you see no work, but you, and you know, we were talking before I, I hit record that, there, there's definitely a season where that was the case, mm-hmm. but um, there's action taking place with mm-hmm. what you're doing with advance camp. So, so you guys are taking action and it's not, it's not just Christianese mm-hmm. to steal my own term. Yeah. Um, what's going on with that? Why, sure. why are, why are you so big on this action that's going on? I mean, a big part of it for me personally is just being in tune with the Lord and my relationship with Jesus of what is he like I can be given a bunch of stuff, but what am I doing with it? Right. Um, and in my case, um, I feel like it was some skill sets. Um, like what am I doing with how the Lord has developed me of who, who I am as a person. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a, for me, that's a big part of it is the Lord saying, Hey, you, you need to go and do and me being obedient. Um, which sometimes it can suck. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, you know, the obedience and, um, actually living out your, your faith and your belief um, in Jesus mm-hmm. can be tough. It oh, can be challenging, yeah. and but at the end of the day, um, I you know I always tell people I don't do anything that the Lord doesn't direct me to do. Like we don't open a certain state, we don't um, do activities that I don't feel like the Lord's going to do. And sometimes they don't turn out exactly as I had pictured, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they're not necessarily fun. But then I look back at uh, how it all came together, and you're like, man, I, I would have created that way worse if mm-hmm. I would have done it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big part of walking out my faith is understanding that um, I'm following his footsteps. I'm not I'm not running and having him say, follow me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, man, you got to go first. This got to be your idea. If this is mine, yeah. it's, it's it may turn out okay, mess. but it's not going to turn out great. Right. It's yeah. not going to end up like it should be. Yeah. So, yeah, I always love that the analogy of the fire insurance, you know, saying the <laughs> saying the sinner's prayer and get my my fire insurance uh, registration card and um, being cool from there. Um, yeah, and yet you you know like you read First John, and uh, there there is no such thing as fire insurance. First John talks all about you know if if you're living this lifestyle of stupidity or what you were before, mm-hmm. um, you you don't actually have fire insurance. Mm-hmm. So this concept that we can say a magic prayer and then suddenly we're, yeah. we're, we're still, we're, I mean, yeah, there's, there's instances where, you know, like the thief on the cross. Yeah. I get that. But by and large, most people, when they're six, they say this magic prayer and then they 
walk away. Yeah. Not, not most people, but a lot of people lot. have yeah. that case go on. Yeah. And that, that just, I can't say that that's Christianity. Yeah. Biblically speaking. Yeah. Practically speaking. Little Christ. Little Christ. Yeah. We are not little Christ if we say a magic prayer and then our life doesn't yeah. reflect it. When we say yes to Christ, we we say yes to his lordship mm-hmm. and who he is. He's God. Yeah. And so if, if we're not obedient, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Good luck, Holmes. Takes you down a path that typically you don't want to be down. You'll find it out sooner or later, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, back uh, before I met my wife, um, Kelsey, uh, I wasn't really in the dating world per se, but um, I was kind of not opposed to it, but not searching for it. And I, I listened to this podcast or sermon, I guess, sermon from John Mark Comer. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said that there's a big difference between a, a believer and a follower. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard it before, and I've applied that to my life. Um, mm-hmm. and I, so I told myself, and I prayed about this. I'm like, Lord, if you got, if you have a wife for me, um, please make her a believer, not just or a follower, not just a believer. Yeah. Um, and so the way he explained it's like, man, there's the people that believe the Lord exists. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy enough, uh, Satan believes the Lord exists. Yeah. He he believes in him. Oh yeah. Believes of him, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. but does not follow him. You know, right. that's a different story. Right. And so um, that's always been a, a big in the back of my head is you know I never would even have started to date my wife unless I knew she was actually a follower of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. she had her life committed to him and in, in his uh, direction and um, and his lordship. Um, yeah. So that's. That's something that's always rattled around in the back of my head is, are you a, are you a believer or are you a follower? And mm-hmm. um, follower can be convicting sometimes of, like, what am I doing to actually follow Jesus today? Yeah. Like, am I just, do I have my um, my believer uh, name badge on today? or <laughs> Wearing your living epistle t-shirt. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, that's a, I think that, that was something that John Mark said in the sermon that, man, it just settled heavy on me. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like, this is, this is a life change. Yeah. Um, it's not just a check in a box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's human nature. Would you agree? That's human nature that we like, we want to check boxes. Yeah. We want it to be black and white. Oh yeah. There's gray. Mm-hmm. And yet there is black and white too. You either are, or you're not. And yet there's the process at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that like, it's kind of tough to listen to and watch is the people Every once in a while, doesn't I don't I haven't had too many people say it to me directly, but it still happens of like oh, I got to get my life together before I can I can go to church, or I need to get my life together before I can start following Jesus. I'm not mm-hmm. like, like that's a that's a tough one to watch, right? <laughs> like I don't think anybody mm-hmm. besides Jesus on earth has ever like had it together from the get go, right? Uh, and no, you know, and so I don't think like that that mindset of oh I got to have all my ducks in a row before I I start my journey. It's like well, no, that is, that is it. That is a journey. Right. Well, that's, yeah. that's the religious concept that, that humankind has put on the church. Mm-hmm. Don't come in here unless you're all cleaned up. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. And I've said this before, and it's, I stole it from someone. I don't have any real, in, you know, original ideas um, or, or quotes, but that uh, the church is, is a hospital for sick people, yeah. not a resort for perfect people. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. It's not meant to be that. Um, so it's, we've done kind of a crappy job of, of misconstruing mm-hmm. what the church should be for those that are not yet believers that, yeah. that, uh, no, come in here and learn with us. Cause we're all doofuses. Yeah. Mike's going to pick that up. 
Hey, this is what happens when you do it on the back porch. I know. Well, at least we're dry. We're dry. The sun's out. Should I put sunglasses on? You're the smart one. Sun, sun's out, guns out. I don't know about yeah. guns. They're, they're, they're kind of just like limp noodles right now. Get yourself in the gym. I have been. It takes a while. Uh, so I, um, I, I like the uh, coming to church for the sick people. Um, our church in Granbury has a saying, no perfect people allowed. Yeah, nice. Um, like that is on their shirts. Like you... You first time visitor, you can go turn in your info card and uh, and they'll give you a free shirt that says "No perfect people allowed." And I mean, it's just it's like it's legit, right? Like yeah. the, they say that if you find a perfect church, as soon as you walk in, it's not perfect anymore, exactly. right? Exactly. And so it's like, man, like why why are we so focused on being perfect? My mm-hmm. so my life goal, it just in general is, uh, when I get to heaven, I want I want God to look at me and say, "My good and faithful servant." Right. Like, I, I know I stumble and I fall and I know I mess up and mm-hmm. I have my battles of, you know, insecurities and my battles of dealing with lies. Actually, earlier today, um, um, my poor wife has to deal with me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, man, I, I had some lies spoken over me just today that I was battling. And yeah. um, I even texted my wife like, hey, just just pray over me because, um, unfortunately, this is, this is what was was laid on me today and this is a lie I'm battling. I said, I know they're lies from Satan, but, um, mm-hmm. but still like it causes us to stumble, you know, and question mm-hmm. who we are and who God says we are and oh, what yeah. our true identity is. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a constant battle. Oh, for sure. That's why I'm in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I mean, that's if, if you don't go out and, and work towards the, the resolution of, mm-hmm. of all the, the crap that's out there that, yeah. that we're, we're always being fed whether it's blatant sounds like that's what whatever you were fed was fairly blatant or you picked up on it yeah this one i picked up on he actually you know told me well you know i don't you know i'm just saying this from a place of a friend i'm like okay warning yeah (laughs) what's that thing uh uh, with no no offense, but it's followed with an offense. <laughs> right. you're like no offense, you're ugly. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, That's, I'm not going to take offense to that. Thanks. Don't worry about yeah. that. No, no, not a yeah. problem at all. No, no offense, but you have limp noodles for arms. Yeah. <laughs> I pointed that yeah, out. Yeah. On my own accord. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you very I'm much. I'm just supporting you. <laughs> I'm just a helpful friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Faithful are the yeah. wounds of a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get right. in the gym. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I'm just trying to rebuke you, just like uh, like Proverbs says. Oh, good, good. I appreciate that. Are better than the yeah. lies of an enemy. Yeah, didn't didn't uh, didn't God rebuke Job's friends though? So it's true. you're about to be rebuked. He also rebuked <laughs> Peter, and Peter turned out okay. Peter, <laughs> I mean, a couple lessons later, but he he turned out yeah. okay. Yeah, banged his head Get against the wall a couple of times. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I haven't called you Satan yet. So be at <laughs> peace about that. I'll, I'll hold that near and dear <laughs> yeah, exactly. to my heart. Yeah, rest in that one. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. No, uh, we we briefly touched on it, and we talked about this before when you when you came and and you did the speaking event uh, for my work that you were you were really driving at people to take action. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you can always do something. Yep. You were talking about that, and you know, in between then and now, I've been thinking about the importance of that. In a, in a spiritual sense you know we, mm-hmm. you talked about that and and you need more mentors to come in and, and help out but um you know how would you say that plays out for for the mentorship for the the guys that find themselves as mentors within advance camp but then just every day walking around not everybody is mentoring but they are 
How are yeah. we walking out the faith in in that and not just being lamo that are just churchins? Yeah, it's another word. Uh, I'm going to use a Christianese phrase. Yes, uh, being intentional. Okay, that's not just Christianese. I think yeah. everybody's guilty of that. Man, I, but I think I think uh, <laughs> I think it's rolled into Christianese pretty easily. Lately. Oh yeah. Are you being intentional with? I mean, it's true. Like, we got to be intentional. Um, mm-hmm. But you got to be intentional about being intentional. You can't just say I'm being intentional. For sure. Right? Say that yeah. five times fast. It can... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it is. It's intentionality. Like, what What am I truly doing with my time? Am I being, am I following mm-hmm. um, the steps? You know, it's God, spouse, family, everything else, right? And so, like, your first mission field is your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you being intentional with them? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what, what are you doing with the, the rest of your time? Are you, are you being intentional with the rest of your time? How are you, you know, and sometimes it's just, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's cool getting caught doing the right thing. Um, which is just neat. Like if you're, yeah. you know, doing the right thing and you get caught, it starts a conversation and somebody's like, what the, what is that guy all about? What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. And man, like that's part of like living it out like daily. And I, I struggle with that for sure. Cause mm-hmm. You know, I, I rode on my plane here, and there's an older guy sitting next to me. We literally did not say two words to each other the whole flight, mm. right? And uh, I realized that on my flight, my wife's always saying, "You just you can talk to anybody." And I get on a plane, I might as well have a brick wall between us. I just don't <laughs> even talk to them. Um, but also, like, I try to respect the fact that they may want not want to talk. So if they start a conversation, then yeah. they won't shut me up for a two and a half hour flight. But so, but it's yeah, it's uh, being intentional with our time and. Um, speaking to other people's lives. And I think uh, one thing that the Lord's already kind of pushed me on to, and uh, J.D., you may be able to um, back me up on this, but uh, I, my wife has said it's kind of a, a characteristic that I have that most men don't is being intentional with friendships and being the one that reaches out and says, man, how are you doing today? How can I be praying for you today? Yeah. Um, hey, man, I was just thinking about you today. I hope mm-hmm. you're doing well. Yeah. Like those little things, mm-hmm. um, they don't take much time but they take some thought and some heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't copy and paste those. Like I'll send those texts out. So I've sent them to you before Yep. and it is not copy and pasted. It is not any, like mm-hmm. I don't go down my friends list and send them to 30 people. I send yeah. them to whoever, literally whoever the Lord lays on my heart. Yeah. And it may be JD just sitting in a place of like, man, I just, I'm, I'm throwing words in your mouth. Cause I felt this. I'm just not feeling loved or appreciated today. Yeah. And you get a text message of like, dude, how are you doing today, man? Are you mm-hmm. like, I hope you're doing well. I was thinking about you. How can I be praying for you today? I'm not yeah. looking for dirt. I'm asking, how can I come beside you? Yeah. Right. And so that is such a simple thing that I think a lot of people miss. Um, and it's it's honestly uh, frustrating for me that I hardly ever see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I but I push it out a lot. My wife's like, you got to understand, you're a weird dude. Like, yeah, guys don't do that. Right. Right. And um, but it's so easy to do. But it means so much too. It is so easy to do, but it means a lot to yeah. other dudes when you just go, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. Just, I was just thinking yep. about you. So, or, yeah, we can do that with with anybody, whether it's whether it's another man, or I had a conversation with my son on the way home from school today. Just, yeah. hey, I thought of something that I kind of experienced something similar to something that you've said, and I just thought I'd share it with you. Yeah. And just. Open it up. Yep. Here's something stupid that I did yeah. or thought something stupid that I thought when I was his age. That makes yeah. me feel old. When I was your age. <laughs> I, was, I walked uphill both ways, no shoes in the snow. Dad, no. you live in Oregon. It doesn't snow. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't my head. 
It was snowing in my classroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were in a tent. No, you weren't. You went to Lyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I always knew something was wrong with you. I went to uh, Whitworth. Whitworth was way cooler than Lyle. <laughs> well, I went to Oakdale and then Lyle. So oh, wow. Dually lower than you. Yeah. Because, yeah, Whitworth, Whitworth was the legit elementary school in our town. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That's where all the cool people went. I must have missed a cool card then, but I definitely went there and tried That's to. That's not what I heard. I th- everybody yeah. that I talk to, that I say, Chad Wallen, think, oh man, uh, I remember Chad. He was awesome. Those people are liars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that Maybe, yeah. very well could be the case. Yeah, <laughs> but man, it's it's so so powerful though. Um, I mean, That's I, true. I I really try to stay in contact with uh, my friends that are pastors and leaders. Yeah, because they. Um, um, you know, especially like doing those podcasts and you step out in your faith all the time. You're, you are, um, in my book, you are stepping into a place of, a, of pastoring or leader, leading people, um, mm. and having this place of leadership. And it's a lot of weight. It's a ton of weight. Um, that's true. And these pastors, I know they get burnt. They like, do burn out. Oh man. They just don't feel appreciated. Yep. Um, I know I've gone through this. Um, I reached out to a pastor friend of mine. I said, dude, this is what I'm going through. Like, I don't feel yeah loved appreciated i feel like i'm not making a difference i'm planting all these seeds but i'm not seeing any fruit Mm -hmm. i said have you ever dealt with this he goes i'm I'm in counseling for it literally right now Mm -hmm. like i literally started six months ago because that exact same thing that i just don't feel like i have any friends Mm -hmm. i have nobody to turn to right Uh, we're not allowed to have any errors or struggles because we're a pastoral leader Mm -hmm. Um, i don't call myself a pastor i call myself a missionary or you know, but it's a spiritual leadership. Yeah, spiritual leadership role. Yeah. And, and so to reach out to these guys and say, hey, man, um, I was thinking of you today. Yeah. Um, how can I be lifting you up as a pastor? How can I be lifting you up as a leader? Yeah. Man, it's just so powerful. And it's something that's you know impactful and simple. And yeah, you know, anybody with a cell phone can do it. You know, it's true. I do believe, though, um, that I feel like it is. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a spiritual gift, but it is a gifting of I try to. Um, you know that phrase in the Bible to pray continually. When yeah. I when mm-hmm. I read that the first few times, probably a dozen times, I'm like, that's a joke. Like that's literally <laughs> impossible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely impossible. But it but it's not. I will be driving around. It definitely happens more when I'm driving, but I can be driving around and just literally conversing with the Lord. Yeah. And I'll be driving around and conversing with the Lord. JD's head, like face pops into my head or an email that you sent me pops in my head and immediately say, There's a reason that JD mm. popped up in my head. Maybe it's because I drove by a black Toyota Tundra pickup and just could be a boom. You know, it could have been that, or it could have just been Lord saying, you know what? You need to check in on your friend. Yeah. And, and I say, um, yeah. when you're staying in continual prayer or relationship with Jesus, I think he will use you for things like that of saying, mm-hmm. Hey man, like this is your role is to, to speak in these people's lives of however you can do it mm-hmm. um, and just start the, at least start the conversation. And I think mm-hmm. I'd say 75% of the time it ends with, Hey man, I'm doing good. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. And 25% of the time it turns out to a deep conversation that the dude just really needed it. Yeah. And you don't know when those are. And you don't know uh, the ones, those 25% where, or whichever percentage you just said it was where, where they, they don't say anything. Yeah. yeah 75%. Doing well. yeah. It's the, but, but some of those times where, yeah, I'm fine. You don't know what it did for them, mm-hmm. even if they say everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Where they, and and I'll use your text to me. What was it about two, three weeks ago? Whenever we set this yeah. time up yeah, to, to sit here, I was I had I had that night the night before I had looked at the numbers, 
and uh, and just looked at some of the the things that that I'm kind of measuring, not just for for this podcast, but for for other things in life, mm-hmm. you know, kids, spouse, all the things. Mm-hmm. And I just started. I was really going down a, a, a darker path of yeah. failure. And then I get a message from old Chatty Pants saying, "I've never been called that name." Well, before. I just made it up, oh, so you're welcome. Okay. I'm gonna put it on your Twitter. I don't please know don't. if you even have that. That'd be a disgusting thing. But <laughs> it, it meant something to me, yeah. even if I didn't even communicate that in that text string. And just, uh, but so now it is, and now it's on the interwebs. Um, that it it means something, even if people don't recognize it in the moment. Mm-hmm. That, I feel a little bit better because somebody reached out to yeah. me. I, I find like some of those times just show up way later. Talking with talking with a coworker one day, maybe they they're not even in the same near the same belief structure, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always involve uh, daily. How does the Lord bless you today? Or you yeah. know, using using church language around people that don't yeah. go to church, that doesn't always make any sense to yeah. them. But when they recognize that you're a praying person, they, they come to you mm-hmm. when you, when they need it the mm-hmm. most, when they're in a dark spot. Um, that's when that shows up when that evidence of that 75% of the time, I'm fine. What about the 25% yeah. when you're not? And that's when they, they recognize somebody cares. Yeah. And at least I can go to them at that point. So the little things you say, the little things matter. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We agree on this. We agree on agreeing. We agree on agreeing, and we agree on the uh, the noodles arms. The noodle arms. So what else do we agree on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny because <clears throat> the times that I respond to my wife that I'm fine, I'm typically not fine, right? She's like, "How are you doing today? I'm fine. Are you upset about something? No, I'm fine." She's uh-huh. like, "You are a liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get in this house right now. Yeah. We are gonna talk this out. I don't want to talk right fishing. now." Go fishing. Get out of here. Go fishing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, Raylan goes, um, you need a fire pit night mm-hmm. by yourself. <laughs> by yourself. Why don't you go start a fire and there by yourself? <laughs> she did. And so I, I I didn't even have the energy for that that day. I was in a pretty dark spot. Did you take a flashlight put in the middle of the fire No, pit? I went down to her salon in the house and just took a notepad and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. I was down there for three hours. I didn't have the energy to start a fire. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, you know that is my therapy. I'm pointing yeah. at my fire pit. Yeah. I love being by that fire and and just soaking it up, mm-hmm. being quiet and writing and whatnot. But um, I didn't even have the energy for that. Man. But she pointed it out because I see where you're at. Yeah. And so sometimes it's that, you know, iron sharpening iron and yeah. saying, you need something different yeah. than what you're getting right now. Yeah. Those little things mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's the same way. There's times yeah. she comes to me and she goes, uh, you need some you time. Go get your fishing pole. And mm-hmm. Go go for a hike. Yeah. You, know, get, you need to go get out of here for a bit. And it's tough, though, because, um, you know, my book, I go into a little bit about mm-hmm. it. And, um, you know, my growing up, my, my mom used to complain about my dad of when we had to go, you know, she had to go to the grocery store. She had to take the kids. And if my dad went to the grocery store, he would leave us home. And my dad was around as long as it wasn't hunting or fishing season. And uh, yeah. listen to those complaints. And so I've done my best not to be that way. And this this was, I wouldn't say it was an argument the other day, but me and my wife got, got kind of talking about it. And she's like, yeah, but like you, you have to get out of here. She goes, I need you. She goes, this sounds really messed up, but sometimes I need you to take less care of me. And you need to start worrying about you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, she goes, 
you will run yourself ragged taking care of me, mm-hmm. and then you will be ran ragged. Yeah. And then what what value are you to, to anybody? Like you're tired and you're short yeah. and you know you you raise your voice or you don't have the patience to sit with the kids and play because you know whatever they're doing is annoying. And she or goes, you're just tuned out. Yeah, like exactly. And yeah. she's like, you need to stop worrying about me so much and you need to start worrying. I said, and I, I as she's saying it, I started thinking about. I was like, man, why is that? I said, do you ask my dad? What mm. my dad did, I'm trying to do the exact opposite mm. and be overly engaged in my family mm. and not afraid to go fishing but i'm afraid to love it and then not be home all the time because i love it so much and i love doing it and so i'm not at home with my kids right you know i always say i didn't have my kids and my wife to avoid them mm-hmm. that's my saying i tell people you know and um we don't serve the fatherless and create the fatherless at the same time that's what i told Oof. my mentors right wow. so yeah so yeah that's two things that i get convicted with pretty heavy and that's from dad yeah. wounds and and they're they're legit. Even even when we have good dads, mm-hmm. um, human. My kids are gonna need therapy, guaranteed. But <laughs> but I. It's I'm, only because they can't grow a beard like you. They're gonna feel less <laughs> capable or something. They're like, I can't be like Moses. I mean, my dad. You know, it's that's what's gonna happen. Right. Right. Okay. That was excessive. That was. I just compared you to a biblical figure. You should not do that. Yeah. <laughs> No yeah, where's no, the lightning? No lightning right? There's not enough clouds for lightning. That was right early now. this morning. We're fine now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. You're saying your I, kids need therapy. Sorry. My therapy. kids will need. Yeah, my kids will need therapy because I'm not perfect. But but in in a comparative sense, and I I don't like to compare. They've got a pretty decent dad. The point is, we all mess up and we leave scars on our kids and yeah. and even our wives. Um, but tuning into those things and and working toward being the best dad it's funny that you bring up um what say your quote again about making the follows by serving the follows right yeah um this is the second person that reached out to me today about uh, or not reached out but talked to me today about fathering being being a dad being on purpose with being a man and being a man of purpose and yeah and so on um so frank reich um, and I just, I, I like it when men take action. I've been listening to a podcast about real men mm-hmm. uh, from family life. And it's been really good. But Frank Reich demonstrated it. Kind of maybe even coming full circle to part of the conversation is real men take action. So when Frank was playing, he was a backup for the Bills. And starting quarterback Jim Kelly went down. So Frank en- ends up starting in the okay. playoffs. And he was super nervous about it. And then he held a press conference after they had this huge comeback victory. They ended up losing the Super Bowl, partially because Jim Kelly was playing instead of Frank Reich. But he's feeling like, I have to share this, where the strength came from during the game, the whole week, all the things. And he reads some lyrics to a, a song that, that essentially God gave him through his sister, yeah. Michael English song. Not not a musician that I enjoy, but the lyrics were super powerful, and are they strengthened sing, him. Are you sing it I'm not going to sing that. Are you? <laughs> no. Come on, Chad. I don't want you to lose all your followers, dude. <laughs> Why is that dog howling? Oh, Chad's <laughs> oh it again. it's just Chad. <laughs> yeah. That, but boldness yeah. and and taking an action, even when it's uncomfortable, to read on on national news yeah. the lyrics to a Christian song uh, today would be frowned upon, and was frowned upon in the late '80s when when Reich did yeah. that. 
And I just feel like there's there's a lot of honor in guys that will take action, mm-hmm. but it does have to be balanced because I could I could sit in this little cave down here in my garage and edit and record and edit and record and do this this ministry that yeah I feel like God's called me to it, mm-hmm. but I've got five people that that live in my house, my kids and my wife that rely on me to be engaged with them too mm-hmm. so yeah you know we can all be tempted to do different things the ministry can't come in front of that ministry yeah Anyways. yeah i try my best to balance it out and that's uh um i i, I like my uh, wife to step in and be the gauge of that of all right you've been traveling a lot you yeah. need to kind of hit the brakes for a bit or you mm-hmm. know nope we're good man hit your trips you're good mm-hmm. you know so she's pretty good about kind of keeping me um kind of following that gauge and keeping me engaged with the family. Mm-hmm. We just talked recently because I kind of come in, I come in hot uh, from being out, out in the field and um, doing our camps. And what do I do once I get home? Like the re reentry, right? It can be, mm. uh, it can be um, damaging, I guess is a good word to use. It could be damaging to my kids mm-hmm. or it could be um, uplifting. And this last one, I just wanted to get home mm-hmm. um, from Tennessee, our last camp. So I booked us on a 5.30 a.m. flight mm. home and it had a connecting flight, unfortunately. So we didn't get home until about 1 or 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. um, but was up since 3.30 in the morning to be able to get to the airport <laughs> to get home. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I slept for like three or four hours. My wife's like, why didn't she come home later? I said, because I want to be home with the family. She goes, but you were sleeping. Yeah. I'm like, oh. She goes, I would rather have you come home rested Mm-hmm. And ready to hit the ground with the girls, mm-hmm. then um, come home exhausted and early. Yeah, and uh, it's things like that. Like you almost like I, I felt like I was looking for permission, I guess, to do that, mm. um, to take a little time to rest. But uh, mm-hmm. you're not coming in to your home like rested. I don't feel like the Lord's ever asked us to run so hard mm-hmm. that we can't serve our family. And um, I was expecting that out of myself. Um, when I look at our trips and our our camps. I look at how can I be most efficient with our donors' time, money, our mentors' time, um, my family's time and impact. Mm-hmm. And so I try to make my decisions wise off of that. And obviously, in this time, I failed. Like, my wife's like, I would rather have you take a later flight, mm-hmm. come home rested, than to try to run too hard, save a little bit of money on the trip, but are a wreck when you get back. Yeah. And so... Um, sometimes we like we miss that we mm-hmm. we make a mistake by looking out for you know looking out for the best decision and mm-hmm. I guess it just proves that I have I have errors too but always have nice to have that gauge at home that says wow you that was wrong you mm-hmm. you judged that incorrectly so mm-hmm. my wife corrects me on that yeah probably more often than I'd like <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun to be corrected no 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 but that's that's a good point I think that uh, going back to what you said before about about that continual prayer mm-hmm. to listen in and say, uh, you need, you need recharge time because yep. God, God speaks. Are we listening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes the, how many times did, did Israelites just camp? Yeah. I know. I've actually read through that. Currently I'm reading through that right now. Mm. <laughs> Dude, and it's how many times they bring up Sabbath. Oh man. Dude. Yeah. John Mark Comer going back to, oh, to yeah. him, his book on, on Sabbath rest was mm-hmm. just eye opening yeah. and made me want to crawl in a hole once a week yeah and dang that's a tough balance to find it is it's so hard 
So I've actually kind of got schooled on that, I'd say, somewhat recently. Um, there's a few different pastoral friends. Like I, I, I made a comment earlier that I'll send out text messages, yep. ask how they're doing. And yeah. um, I had a pastoral friend um, ask me once, okay, when, when's the last time you rested? And when he goes, you know, that's like part of your job, right? That is part of your calling as a ministry leader is to rest. And it was another one that asked me, well, when's the last time you spent like devoted time in the word? Mm-hmm. He goes, what's the last time you sat there and just read the word? Mm-hmm. And um, he said it to me as well. Of like, this is literally part of your job is to spend time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like to be successful as a leader, you have to spend time yeah. with your teacher mm-hmm. and you have to spend time and rest. Right. And you can't, you can't be fully you if you mm-hmm. got neither of those. Like, right. like, um, you know, back in the day when you had like, you're following, um, a biblical leader, you know, mm-hmm. what am I, what am I trying to call him? Why am I blanking? Rabbi? Rabbi. Yeah. Try to follow a rabbi. Like, you know, if you're not spending time with them and learning from them, then like that is part of your job literally is what, you know, and then yeah. spending time and rest. Well, and, and even, even in a regular life sense, mm-hmm. you know, the, a person who calls himself a Christian, they have the rabbi, but if you're not connected to the rabbi, they're not really, he's not really your rabbi. No. Mm-mm. You know, and therefore, are you really what it really means to be a Christian? Or are you just a churchin, a, yeah. a pew warmer, a butt in the seat? Yeah. And, and that can be, a, a pastor can be a pew warmer yeah. in seasons. Yeah. It's kind of the reason that, that we, I have a friend that's a pastor here locally, and um, we were considering going there, but A, we love where we go, um, and we have a small community there, and it's great. But I thought, dang, no, I just I just want to be this guy's friend, and mm-hmm. I don't want the church thing where where he he knows that I've got these high expectations or thinks of him that he has to be perfect yeah. and and all that madness that is untrue. Mm-hmm. I think pastors need friends. Yeah. Oh, so dude. If I can just be his so friend true. and not worry about you, don't have to shepherd me. Yeah. I know that's your role, but shepherd them. Let's be homies. Yeah. And not have to worry about, you can be imperfect. And if you fall down, I'm not going to hate you. Yeah. I just want to be your, your buddy. Only as close as you want me. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think pastors need, they need a safe place. Yeah. Uh, ministers of any kind. Yeah. Whether you're minister, ministering as a, a lay person in secret of sorts, uh, and you're just, you're just ministering, you, you need to... Submit to the rabbi, spend time with the rabbi, and rest with the rabbi. Yeah. Um, and and then walk it out. And, yeah. And uh, but be people too. Be a yeah. human. Recognize that you need the rest because you're broken. Yeah. Just like the rest of us. Yeah. I had uh, a, a friend of mine from Corvallis that uh, is a pastor. He used to say, "Sheep bite." Yeah, they're mean little boogers. They are. Yeah. But sometimes pastors are sheep too, and they bite just as much. So we all need that, <laughs> yeah. That weeded out. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Not funny at all. But it's how it's so funny how often you think pastors have all the friends, and then you really dig deep, and they don't really have any friends. They have a lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies in, uh, I say buddies. Uh, one of my, I would call him a friend in um, mm-hmm. Texas. He made a comment one time. He goes, "Man, here in Texas, you can get all kinds of buddies, hmm. but you don't get very many friends." Yeah. I mean, you go to Texas, and the hospitality and the friendliness. Mm-hmm. is like almost unmatched but they're all buddies yeah they're not friends mm-hmm. like will they sit in the trenches with you 
Mm, mm-hmm. Probably not. Would they uh, give you a high five and a hug if they saw you in the store? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, they even may buy you, you know, you may even be behind them in the Starbucks line. They'll buy your buy your drinks. Mm-hmm. But um, when the rubber hits the road, are they really going to be there? Um, yeah. Those are few and far between. Yeah. And I just don't feel like pastors, I feel like it's almost intimidating, right, being friends with a pastor. Like, I don't know. It depends. I think our society kind of idolizes them, and that creates that. Yep. I don't know the the brain's way of going. I don't, I don't know if I want to be friends with that's scary. Yeah, because we idolize them. We put yeah. them up on this pedestal, and then when they even wobble on the pedestal, we hate them. Yeah, and and that's scary for them. So I don't know. I've I've been gypped and hurt by pastors. So part of the part of that hurt has let them off the pedestal. Mm-hmm. There's some bitterness that I'm continuing to have to deal with, but um, it's it's taken pastors off the pedestal and just gone. Well, they they shepherd, and that's yeah. that's what they do. It allows it, it it opens a door for them to have a connection with God because their job should be to make sure that they're resting and they're demonstrating what it looks like to follow Christ mm-hmm. and be a Christ follower, yeah. not just a churchin, but they're they're flawed too yeah and so i think if more people could accept the reality that pastors are humans Mm -hmm. uh there might be a potential but i mean i've really done my best to be um friendish um to pastors rather than this uh Mm -hmm. pedestalish and it's um it's really funny there's one a pastor in um south florida uh, that i'm i'm I would call him a friend mm-hmm. and uh, I texted him and, you know, I went, anytime I'm down there, we try to get together for lunch or whatever. And, and I was talking to his associate pastor and I said, Hey, is, um, uh, I'm gonna call him Bob. Call him Bob. Ca- just in case. Just in case. I call and I, or I text him. I said, Hey, um, well, Bob had told me that I can, you know, do this, this. And so he goes, Bob, who's Bob? The associate pastor tells me this, Bob, who's Bob? I go, what do you mean, Bob? Bob, like pastor Bob. He goes, Oh, pastor Bob. I'm like, are you kidding me oh, right now? Oh man. Like, Dude, his name's Bob. Yeah. Like, why, why are we, like, why did we just put him up on a pedestal? Like, he's Bob. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know I needed to, like, mm-hmm. his identity is, like, it's, uh, man, I get into identity and I get a little fired up. Um, get but, it. Uh, I have a real struggle with that identity stuff of reverend so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, I understand there's, like, some structural to that. But uh, I told my wife that if I ever, and I'm, I have no intentions of just to say no, <laughs> if I ever went and got my doctorate degree, mm-hmm. I said, I would make sure that you never referred to me as doctor. Mm-hmm. I said, that bugs me so much, especially mm-hmm. when you're a doctor of like, I'm sorry, if you guys are listening and you're a doctor of like, I don't know, um, genealogy, um, <laughs> I, like... Mm-hmm. I told my wife, I'm like, that is not, that is not who, that's not my identity. Right. Is Dr. Chad. Mm-hmm. My identity is Chad. My, right. it was the name that was given to me. Right. And, um, and so I, I struggle with that. Like that's like people put this, I, uh, this role and identity at the beginning of their name. Mm-hmm. I personally feel the mass majority of the time is to be, to be glorified. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I just don't, I feel like that's. I'm going to hurt some feelings, but for me personally, I, I just, I, I personally don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, my identity is in the Lord. My identity is the name that I was given. Mm-hmm. My identity is not of what I've accomplished. Yeah. And that's why people have asked me before, well, you're, are you a pastor? I'm like, no, I, I like to call myself a missionary. Mm-hmm. And I've been corrected a few times. They're like, no, you're more of a pastor. I'm like, yeah, but I'd prefer to be a missionary. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a missionary, just out serving the Lord. Yeah. What I don't need it? pastor Why Chad. does it matter? It, that's the it, thing. Believe it or not, I've walked into ministries that I walked into one and said, they said, what's your qualifications? What What are your all your certifications you have? <laughs> uh, first one I looked down, I go, um, I love and serve the Lord, and I feel like the fatherless need to be spoken into. Mm-hmm. That's what my qualification is, is I, I love to serve the fatherless. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, I was like, I mean, I'm first aid certified too. You're like, I don't know what to tell you, right? <laughs> I I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't know I needed like my list of qualifications to be able to come and serve the fatherless. And right. so mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's always interesting. Those conversations mm-hmm. come up, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I have this thing with identity. Of, you know, mm-hmm. How much do you want to highlight, you know, Vegas lights? Uh, my name's pastor so-and-so or yeah. reverend so-and-so mm-hmm. or doctor so-and-so. You know, I get it if they're a doctor and you go and say, hey, you know, the last name's Smith, Dr. Smith. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. Hey, I'm right. good. I'm, I'm good See, with that. Well, but even then, like the, I guess I get it that, you know, if somebody's going to do my, um, my hand surgery, mm. if the, if he wasn't an educated surgeon, mm-hmm. then I probably wouldn't want him to, to fix that tendon. Dude, I could do some wicked stuff with a pocket I'm sure knife you could, yeah. but I don't think I want you to, yeah, <laughs> Live but on the edge, but at the same time, I, you know, if, if we've got electrical issues here, um, I don't want some, some regular Jim Bob that one time he connected some wires at the farm. Yeah. I want somebody that knows electrical, but I'm not going to call him electrical Jim. Yeah. Electrician Jim. Same as, you know, if somebody's equipped to lead and, and pastor yeah. in, in the truest sense, same, same type of thing that applies. I'm going to call electrician Jim, Jim. Yeah. I'm going to call pastor Bob their what they what their role is i don't call my counselor counselor christopher yeah it's christopher that's his name we 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 talk about stuff yeah anybody that that does their thing is who they are Mm -hmm. not what they do yeah yeah that's yeah, I get on the soapbox of that. I've actually dumbed it down for your podcast so you don't have to cut so much out. <laughs> like, oh, Chad went on a rant. No. Rant. Here we go. Cut this the best 45 rant. minutes out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, people always ask, like, what's the biggest challenge we deal with with mm-hmm. advanced camp and the fatherless? Mm-hmm. And it, it is identity. You know, um, mm-hmm. they grab identity from wherever, whoever, however they can when they don't have a dad in their life. Yeah. And it may be, no joke, dude, I've heard this. I've literally heard this. These are not made up. Um, I'm going to be a drug dealer because my dad's gone and my neighbor is my role model now. So I'm going to become a drug dealer like he's a drug dealer. Mm. Like he sees the gold chains. He sees the the women coming in and out of the house and they think that's winning, right? They think that's manly. And it's because they don't know what true masculinity looks like. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of our world. doesn't know what true – you know, they talk about – demasculating men because they don't know what true masculinity looks like right you know they they have a vision in their head but what it is but what it, what it truly is is when your true masculinity is being a follower of jesus and you love and serve the lord and you love and serve your wife and you're respectful to women and you're respectful to mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. and you you lead them up to good ways there is, we're not out there like breaking down doors and pounding our chest and dragging women in by the hair like the caveman days like that's not true no. masculinity no. and so you know, we, we deal with that. Like these young men don't know what true masculinity, what a mm-hmm. true man looks like, like a man of the Lord looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had the have had the, the identities of they're going to become a murderer because their dad was convicted of murder. Yeah, I, I had one guy straight. Like I don't know. We, this gives this can go political. I'm not going to go political. I'm just making a statement. Mm-hmm. I had a young man tell me that he was going to become gay mm-hmm. because his dad was gay. And I looked at him. I said, "You're you're kidding me, right?" 
He goes, yeah, that's that's how it works. You know, since I have the same bloodlines as my dad, my dad's a homosexual. I'm going to become a homosexual. That's why I don't have any friends in school. It's because I don't want to be friends with guys because I'm going to eventually find them attractive. I said, that's a bold-faced lie. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No. And I said, um, and he, this kid was smart, super smart dude. Mm-hmm. Um, going to college now. Um, I still stay in somewhat contact with him. And um, I said, dude, you are a researcher and a reader. Research that because that is not true. Mm-hmm. Dig into it. And so, I mean, those are the most dramatic ones. You know, the least dramatic are, you know, ones that are guys who are just like, I don't want to get in a relationship or get married because I'm just going to abandon my family like my dad did. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be disengaged. Or yeah. my dad, you know, never, you know, never verbally said he loved me. So I'll probably never do the same thing. So I'll just be a failure in life. Yeah. So, I mean, that, the minor stuff of, quote, being a failure in life to the major things of being yeah. incarcerated or being mm-hmm. a dealer or, you know, um, you know, totally losing their mm-hmm. their self-identity because they don't even know what's going to happen to them next, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. identity is literally our biggest thing that we battle. Mm-hmm. Um, we push truth into these young men at camp of who the Lord says they are. Um, yeah. And it, I deal with stuff of like, like we're talking about with pastors. They don't mm-hmm. have friends, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I dealt with this probably 45 days ago, maybe two months ago of sitting in a pretty dark place of I don't have any friends. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody to understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, if I tried to tell them, I'd just be judged cause I'm a ministry leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not allowed to have, um, have struggles. And, uh, even if, you know, I, I got pastoral friends, but they're not really that good of friends. And if I tried to share with them what I'm going through, they wouldn't know how to help me. Uh, my wife's going to leave me cause, cause I'm just such a struggle. You know, I'm just such a hard guy to deal with. My kids don't even love me. And like, mm-hmm. literally it's all these lies mm-hmm. and all these false identities that are being yeah. pressed on me yeah. that we have to battle as men. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm de- I'm better now, uh, better and not good. Right. I'm just better than I was. I'm not cry as crappy, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with speaking these own identities or these lies over myself. Um, but those those identities can get pretty out of control. They can. Um, and they can start right in your future if you let them to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but. But God, no. That's, but God. But God. Well, that's yeah. A little Christianese. We got to use a little Christianese, and yeah. that's that's the funny thing as I wrestle with some of these terms. There's truth to them. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole reality is um, you you struggle with this identity be, because you're you're hearing the lies. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, God yeah. said, yeah. I, "I want you to lead." Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're broken. I've seen that from the beginning of time. Everybody's broken. I know. You're not letting me down because I I know the mess that you are. Mm-hmm. But I I'm calling you. Yeah. Come on do this i see you and uh he asked the right guy yeah. i think i chad i think you're doing great things and i do want to say that um i i think that uh that god did ask the right man to do the work that you're doing so i think more more guys need to take that right action mm-hmm. uh, more women too i mean i don't want to just single out us guys yeah. but so um Get Chad's book. It's it's just it, what's it called again? The broken identity of a father. The broken identity of a father. Yeah. Men need to lead guys to have masculinity to yeah. be, become what men are designed to be: compassionate, caring, action oriented, yeah. people that connect with God, all that good stuff. Um, and and you're leading the way on that. And I, I appreciate yeah. the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a follow up. Uh, Bible study, I guess, or devotional that's coming behind it. I'm in the, right. I'm about three quarters away with a rough draft right. done right now. And yeah. it is the, it's actually called the identity of the father instead of the broken identity of a father. Nice. 
and it goes through what God says, who God says we are. Um, and so we, you literally just listed some, um, mm -hmm. but it's going to be 31 days, 30 or 31 days. I haven't figured out exactly what yet, but mm -hmm. just really going to speak into, um, guys or girls, um, young or old that just mm -hmm. literally day by day of God says you are. Yeah. And Good. so that'll be following up here soon uh, because I just understand how important the lies are. They are. Um, yeah. To be able to overcome them with the actual truths of God. Mm -hmm. Such an important thing. Yeah. So important. Can't emphasize it enough. Yeah. Good talk. Yep. Well, when you get two old high school buddies together and talk about what's going on in life, you run the risk of yammering on and on. Well, on that note, mission accomplished. But let me also just say that I felt pretty dang good about this conversation. So here's my, my take home. True masculinity serves. There's a difference between a church attender and a Christ follower. We've talked about that. Pastors are people too. We all need friends to call on and that will call us, check on us, make sure we're doing well and call us up. True Christianity will take action and do the uncomfy. And Chad's a great example of that, at least in my book. He saw a need and he recognized that God was talking to him and in a way yelling to him, come here and do this. He's doing something unique and serving a very unique population that needs to redefine their identity toward a real and, and positive identity. And who's better to realize an identity than with Jesus, a man's man who cared slash cares for people's needs and, and he wants to impact a person at the soul level. I'd encourage you to check out the show notes and grab a copy of Chad's book and see what Advanced Camp is all about. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'll talk to you next time. I love you. To support Christian News with J.D. Shin, click in the show notes. It'll help my dad create future shows. Uh -huh.